my name is Hiroyuki Ikushima. I go by Hiro. I am the Tenzo um, at the city center of San Francisco Zen Center. Uh, Tenzo means um, the head of the kitchen. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's considered honorable to have this position. And, and because kitchen practice, traditionally speaking, uh, is considered a very important uh, practice in Zen practice. Um, I am so grateful uh, to be here to speak with you. Um, and also I'd like to say thank you to Kodo for inviting me. Um, and yes, um, I am truly grateful uh, to be Tenzo. Um, uh, briefly speaking about myself, I have been with the Zen Center for um, seven years or so, a little longer than seven years. I originally went to Tassahara uh, Zen Center uh, into 2014 and then stayed there for five years. Um, and then came to the city center a couple of years ago. Uh, because of the pandemic, we are not still open to the public, um, but the practice is still going strong. Yeah. So um, last two talks, uh, I gave, I spoke about Tenzo Kyokun, uh, which means instructions for the Zenkuk, uh, which was uh, written by Dogen Zenji, uh, who is the um, the founder of our Zen school. And um, today I'd like to focus on the essential teaching uh, of the Tenzo Kyokun, which is three minds. Um, this, uh, this teaching appears at the very end of the, uh, uh, this text, Tenzo Kyokun. Um, briefly, you know, I'd like to explain about this uh, text, uh, Tenzo Kyokun, instruction for the Zenkuk. Uh, so when Dogen was 20 or 21 years old, he traveled to China to practice in Chinese Zen Temple and, and uh, he um, had a deep yearning. You know, he felt like he didn't find a true Zen teacher in Japan. And uh, back then China was um, considered uh, kind of like a dynasty. You know, um, that's where the uh, Buddhism came from, uh, from Japan. I mean, from Japanese standpoint, you know, uh, Buddhists came from China and before that it came from India. So um, the Buddhism was very, very active in China and there were many great Zen masters. So he wanted to go. And in this book, he talks um, about his meetings with Tenzo, Chinese Tenzo. And uh, he explains about these two different Tenzos in the, in the text. Um, and he was truly impressed. You know, his understanding was that back then, uh, a lot of Japanese Zen temples didn't value Tenzo or work in a kitchen because um, originally, you know, coming from India, monks didn't uh, work. I mean, monks were not allowed to work. Uh, they were receiving donations from uh, the um, sponsors and uh, uh, um, benefactors. And uh, since they were not allowed to work, uh, the Tenzo, the position of Tenzo was not considered important, you know? So 
but then in China, uh, they as the things changed, um, the, a lot of temples were self-sustaining, so they had to work to sustain themselves, and, and the work became the important part of their practice. And so important that uh, a famous uh, Zen master, um, Baijan, said that uh, the day without work is day without eating, the day without food. The day without work is day without food. Um, so when Dogen met the first Tenzo, um, this Chinese Tenzo, you know, walked about 12 miles or so to get mushrooms. And uh, Dogen was so delighted to see this uh, old Chinese Tenzo and, and he invited to stay, stay overnight. But the uh, Chinese Tenzo said, no, I have to go back. I have to go back to the cook uh, for the monks. And, and the Tenzo was like, oh, you know, you're old, why do you have to work so much? And why don't you let other people do it? And uh, the Chinese Tenzo uh, laughed. Um, he, was, he thought that was so funny. And, and he, he told Dogen, um, young man, young monk from Japan, you really don't understand the meaning of practice nor meaning of characters. And then he laughed. And later on, he met this Tenzo and he got to ask uh, him his question again. And um, so he asked the Tenzo, so what is the meaning of, meaning of practice? Now, what is the meaning of characters? And the Chinese Tenzo said, one, two, three, four, five. And Dogen said, what's the meaning of practice? And Chinese Tenzo said, there is nothing in the world that is hidden. <clears throat> there is nothing in the world that is hidden. Um, in this dialogue, you know, um, it's like a koan. If you try to understand conceptually, uh, it's, it's really confusing. But uh, if you say spirituality, you know, it can be Zen or non-duality. Um, there are basically, basically two realms that uh, our life consists of, which is the relative truth and ultimate truth. Um, so if you read a famous um, sutra, such as Heart Sutra, um, it says, um, Form is emptiness, emptiness is form. Um, so if you study Zen text, you encounter uh, these concepts a lot. Um, it's like a yin and yang. Um, you know, one is form, another is emptiness. One is a relative truth and another is ultimate truth. Um, so the Chinese Tenzo saying one, two, three, four, five, that's the meaning of characters. So characters mean, uh, it can be translated as language or concept because we live in the world that is built upon conceptual understanding, right? We all have names. Um, we use our mind, we use our thoughts to uh, live every day, right? Uh, we plan things and, you know, 
without names, we can't really do anything. There's a name like such as computer screen, uh, desk, you know, phone, um, everything, right? And there are meanings. We give meanings to things. Um, but if you, you know, if you can kind of settle into quiet mind and look at the reality, um, you'll know there are no names or even meanings, right? I have my own name, but you know, obviously if I don't say my name, you don't know me, you don't know my name. Um, if I, you know, as soon as I say my nationality, which is Japanese, I'm Japanese, you know, um, our mind clings to it and make meaning out of it. And maybe you can even create this image or um, so-called bias, right? And then we interpret the world based on our thinking mind. So we are not really looking at the world as it is, but we are looking at our thoughts that filter, it works like a filter um, through which we see the world. Um, so that is the relative truth. And we need that, you know, obviously, uh, without thinking mind, we can't function in this, in this world with people uh, in this society. And the, um, the latter part of the emptiness or the ultimate truth, you know, um, in this truth, there is no self, right? Um, Dogen himself uh, teaches about practice zazen. It's about letting go of thinking. Um, think of not thinking. What it, what, what it means is to let go of thinking. And in that moment, there is no self, right? If you let go of thinking, if you let go of thoughts, if your mind is totally quiet, um, who are you in the moment? Right? There is no idea of this me anymore. So that's the latter part of the Chinese Tenzo replying, you know, there is nothing in the world that is hidden is that um, the truth is right in front of you, you know, everywhere in this very moment. So, you know, Zen practices is really about embracing both of these aspects of form and emptiness. You cannot let go either one, they come together. Um, and that's what, um, uh, his teaching, you know, in the Tenzo Kyokun, you know, that's what we do in, at least we try to practice uh, in the kitchen, is that um, you can divide kitchen practice into two parts. One is be fully present, right? You know, wholeheartedly focus on what is in front of you. Uh, it can be chopping carrots or, you know, cooking rice or doing dishes or sweeping the floor, whatever it is, do it wholeheartedly. 
and treat everything with care and respect. Um, in this book, he says, treat the pot, treat a pot as if it's your head, or treat uh, hand, you know, use water as if it's your blood. Um, so that kind of meticulous attention uh, is very important in this practice because it helps you to be fully present. You know? um, <clears throat> And I think it's important to remind ourselves sometimes of why we do this, because um, if you come to city center, if you come to you know, uh, Zen center or any monastery, uh, there are many rules, right? And it feels a bit strict, right? Um, but these rules are not um, to control people, so to speak. Um, it's not something that you have to obey, you know, that's not the purpose. It's, it's, it's there to support your practice of being fully present. Um, maybe some of you have uh, uh, experiences of uh, doing extended meditation, like retreat. Uh, in our tradition, it's called session. Uh, we just had a three-day session a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was fortunate to participate fully. Um, and, you know, um, most important part of the session is to follow the schedule. That's, uh, that's very important. And it's actually helpful because if you try to um, do meditation practice in, at home, um, it can be hard, right? Because your mind is going everywhere. You might be thinking about um, checking an email, you know, watching TV or, you know, go out and do something. It's because it's so difficult to just sit, right? Physically, it's such an easy activity, um, yet it's very difficult because our mind is so busy all the time. And when you sit zazen, um, it feels like your mind is even busier. In the reality, it's not your mind is busier. Um, while you are sitting meditation, it's just that you are noticing more because uh, you are physically you're kind of forcing yourself to to look at your mind. So you know, but in our daily life, you keep ourselves so busy with activities that um, you are not really have the same quality of awareness around our thoughts, right? So when you're sitting, there's more awareness around it. That's why you're noticing more and more thoughts. And, and, and you think, oh my God, my mind is so busy, right? But actually, that's the first step, you know? Be fully, be being aware. Being aware of your mind and these thoughts that continuously running, this stream of thoughts running in your mind. And first noticing that, that's the first step. And the true Zazen practice is not about quieting your mind, so to speak. It's, it is about noticing, you know? So our meditation is not about being free from something, but it's more about you know, it's not about being free from anxiety um, or discomfort. It's more accurate to say uh, it's about 
being free to meet anxiety or discomfort or reality that you think is causing you stress. Um, in other words, you are fully meeting it. You are, it's like something master says, you know, Zazen is, is like sitting in a fire. You're not escaping from fire. The fire really means in your mind, you know, your mind and body is in, is in fire because there's so much emotion churning in your body. But you don't turn away from it. You're not suppressing it. You simply sit, right? That is a key to um, liberation. And so kitchen practice, you know, being fully present is the extension of Zazen practice. You are working in a kitchen with a mind that you practice in, in Zazen practice. And, and, and you bring that mind to the kitchen and just doing, being one with your activity, such as chopping carrots, right? Chopping carrot, there's nothing else to think about, but our mind is so busy that you start thinking about the future or the past. And again, you know, you um, snap out of it, right? So I was thinking, and let's focus on carrots. You, just, you do that over and over and over, and it's very simple and very, very powerful. It doesn't mean it's easy. Actually, it's very difficult. But um, if you do that every day, um, you are actually training your mind and body and mind to be fully um, more and more free from your thoughts. And because thoughts aren't really the cause of your suffering. Yeah. And another part of the uh, kitchen practice is, um, is serving, right? Serving the community and the dedication. So it's twofold. It's just like being wonderful human being, basically. You know, um, there's a wonderful teacher that I like outside of Zen. Um, maybe some of you know Eka Tole. Uh, he wrote a book called The Power of Now. And he said it beautifully, you know, human being consists of two words, human and being. You know, so human is about this physical world, right? We all have different names. There's idea of, you know, good and bad, short and tall, um, less and more. And these things do matter, you know? Um, but I feel that our society is so focused on this human part. Human part is about doing, right? You're trying to manipulate your world to um, make yourself better. You know, it's like, it's a realm of self-improvement, self right? You want, you work hard to make more money because it makes you feel better, right? To make you feel more confident while you're trying to gain more social status and so on. It's about controlling, right? 
And if you don't, if you feel insecure about something, you try to cover it up by, by, by doing something. And the second word, being of the human being, it's that's the ultimate, right? That's the realm of zazen practice. And when, when you're sitting zazen, you you continue to just let go of your thoughts. All these ideas just fall apart, right? So that's where nothing really matters. Another word, you know, things do matter, only relatively speaking, but they don't matter ultimately speaking. And that's the being, that's a beautiful part. And the human being is really embracing the both, right? It's, it's, that's the art of living, art of life is embracing both. Um, and the kitchen practice is the same thing. You know, we do our best to create a um, tasty food for the Sangha, and we enjoy uh, creating, cooking, um, being creative. Um, and by doing so, we are cultivating our mind um, to be, to cultivating the mind of compassion and, and being kind, really. So um, the three minds that he talks about, the first one is called Kishin in Japanese, in, in English, it's a joyful mind. And the second one is Roshin, which means parental mind. In some texts, it's translated as grandparental mind. Um, and the third mind is Daishin. Dai literally means big, great, uh, or magnanimity. So uh, the particular book that we are using in, in, our, in our kitchen, uh, it's called a magnanimous mind. Yeah, so joyful mind is, is you don't need much of an explanation in this. It's a joy, <laughs> right? Joy of cooking, joy of serving, and joy of doing the best you can. Uh, in the Roshin, the parental or grandparental mind um, is the, the mind of um, kindness, loving kindness, right? Um, yeah, if you have a child, you know, um, you want to care for your child, even sacrificing yourself, right? Um, so that, that's the kind of mind is necessary to, to serve the world. Um, you know, putting others first, you know, yourself second. And that's the parental mind. And the third, Daishin, magnanimous mind, or big mind. Um, and this is the mind of mountain. It's like it doesn't move, or, or, or the mind of vast ocean. It, it, uh, it doesn't take side, 
right? It doesn't, it, it's kind of, I think from what I see, I think he's talking about the mind that you can cultivate from Zazen practice of, um, in which you let go of thinking, you let go of judgment, you let go of your preferences, right? In, 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 Daishin, in a great mind, you don't judge uh, cheap ingredients, right? Um, if you're given cheap ingredients, oh, um, you know, this doesn't, this is this not worth my effort. Um, that's not the right understanding. You know, the wholeheartedly, um, you're working in the kitchen with great mind that doesn't judge anything, you know. Um, 50 pound, you can say it's heavy, in one sense it's true, but in great mind, it's not heavy nor light, you know. So that's the mind of emptiness. There is no judgment, there is no um, preference. So, you know, there are so many texts in Buddhism and Zen that can be overwhelming, right? And I'm sure many of you are not just bound to Zen, but also you're probably looking at other traditions as well. Um, and living in a um, Zen temple and you know, following the schedule and studying, and it's sometimes easy to get lost, right? And then we have to remind ourselves why we are doing this. And um, because so we are kind of conditioned to, to be um, to go back to this realm of self-improvement, right? In that realm, you can see confrontations and you know, conflicts um, around the world. In Zen text, you know, you often you often see a, uh, the practice of uh, non-preferences, and it's difficult enough to practice for myself. Um, how do I go about in a society which is based on people's preferences that? causes inequality and all injustice. So if you really look at it that way, our society is really based on everyone's preferences, you know, and uh, uh, create all kinds of problems. Inequality, discriminations, um, and violence. So, It's like society, you know, our Zen temple can be like a microcosm of the society. And each person is the microcosm of the whole world. So when you really pay attention in your mind, you can see the similarity what's, you know, with what's going on around the world. You know, so which is a good news because if you really want to be free, you don't need to manipulate anything. You can only look inward. 
you know. So like I said, there's a really good truth and ultimate truth, human and being. Um, yes, the human part is relatively important. I'm not saying it's not important. You, you are responsible. You know, you have to pay your rent or mortgage. You have to take care of your child. You have to take care of yourself, of course. Um, but if you only focus on that part, you know, you will end up just running all the time. And it's like you're trying to win the rat race, right? You are being competitive and trying to be better than the next person all the time. And, and that's, that's where you are not really looking inside why what driving you you know driving you to be part of this game game of winning and losing um, and then being part is the ultimate freedom um, so yeah, in a way, it's it's relieving that I don't have to convince anybody, or you know, I, I don't have to convince anybody that I'm that I'm a worthy person. You know, it's it's all in here, uh, and that's why there are a lot of analogies in spirituality. You know, in one story, it goes: um, the homeless person was sitting on the on on a box in the street and begging for money. And one person said, what are you sitting on? And the homeless person said, no, this is a box. Just I've been sitting for years. Have you ever looked at the inside? And he, he opened the box. There was a, a fortune in there, but he didn't know all, all the time. And I think in Christianity, they talk about, you know, heaven, heaven exists inside of you or something like that. Um, So that is the ultimate the practice, most important Zen practice, especially in, in, in a community practice. Um, and also you can do this practice anywhere you live, you know, but just knowing that true freedom is already in you. Um, it's a really, it's a relief, right? That you have the full control. You don't have to control anything to be free. Um, and this kitchen practice can be brought to any kind of doing in your life um, because kitchen is just a means of practice. It can be cleaning, it can be desk job, it can be, you know, any kind of job really. Um, and the life gives you a lot of challenges, but then if you have this practice mindset, um, any challenges can be used as a means to practice to be free. You know, because any life circumstances uh, that triggers your negative emotion, you just sit with it. So that's a practice 
you know, um, you can do anywhere, um, anytime. Um, if you really observe yourself closely, usually, you know, when something happens, then and if you feel uncomfortable, being nervous, and you know, anxious, angry, whatever, um, you might find yourself just get up and do something, right? Keep yourself busy, or pick up the phone and look at the internet, watch watch the TV, or you know, go outside and running. <laughs> um, Running is better than uh, um, you know watching YouTube, maybe. Um, you know, doing exercise is wonderful. Um, take care of your health is very important. But I'm talking about going deep. You know, if you really want to go go deep, um, sit with that. Whatever arises in you, just sit with it and. Don't push it, don't push it away, don't run away. Just simply relax your body and feel this physical sensation of emotion. Um, and if you can do that, um, it will start shrinking and it will go away. You know? um, just like having a good, good night's sleep, next morning you feel much better. Because if you have a deep sleep, you're not thinking. Your mind is being free from all these negative thoughts. And that's why your body um, feels really Because your body re reacts to your thoughts, right? That's the emotion. Emotion is really the body's reaction to your thoughts. And, and, and if you let go of thinking, um, then your body reacts, you know? Um, Yeah, usually, you know, something triggers in, triggers in your mind, makes you angry. It can be you're driving a car and someone cuts you off, right? Or in a kitchen, you're cooking and, and, um, <laughs> and something that happens, um, someone, someone who was in charge of uh, making rice, right? And someone else noticed Hey, maybe maybe you need to turn down, and this person touches the uh, the knob to turn down the uh, the stove, um, you know, the heat controller, and that triggered the person like, hey, this is my job, right? In other words, someone's stepping into the territory or encroaching the territory. So it's really not about cooking. It's not about the rice. It's something deeper. And that's usually the case, you know. It's not about someone cutting you off when you're driving. It's not that. So if you, you know, practice this more and more, you start noticing these things. And, you know, in this practice, so whatever arises, you know, just meet it, meet it fully. And with non-judgmental mind, and be kind with whatever arises in you. And, and after a while, this, uh, this energy will start dissipating. And that's when you feel free, right? <clears throat> because whatever gets triggered may have been stored in your system many, many years ago. 
Um, it's still there because it wasn't fully processed, right? It means you probably turned away from thoughts, that particular thought, or push it down, you, or you ignored it. So that stays in you. And something happens in the future that triggers. It can be a sense of insecurity, um, some kind of fear. That's usually the case from, at least from my experience. So um, to be free, there's no way around it. You have to, you have to process it. And processing really means you just sit with it 